and welcome to the Deadhead Cannabis Show. Jim Marty here, reporting from beautiful Longmont, Colorado. I got my partner Larry Mishkin up in Chicago. Jim, how you how you doing? We are on a stay-at-home order here as well, but uh, luckily today we've had uh, beautiful blue skies, and uh, when appropriate, we try to sneak outside and get a quick walk around the block and take advantage of it. Well, very good, and we are lucky enough to have uh, guests today. Uh, we have Brian and Matt, and they are uh, former Marines and uh, are doing some uh, experimentation with uh, cannabis and CBD products for post-traumatic stress syndrome and others. So um, with that, let, uh, Matt and Brian, go ahead and introduce yourselves with your full names and the, the full name of your company and take a few minutes, tell us your story, tell us how your company got its name and, and what you're up to. Yeah, sounds great. So uh, this is Brian Buckley, and we have uh, Matt Kern here as well. Um, the company is called Hellman Valley Growers Company. And what we're doing is uh, we're former uh, Marine Raiders, which is the special operations component that goes to uh, Special Operations Command from the Marine Corps. And we came up with the name because we served in an area in Afghanistan called the Hellman Province. And in our unit, when you serve there, you become part of what we would call the Hellman Valley Gun Club and you get a tattoo. Uh, so we really wanted to gear our brand uh, to our overall mission of you know, helping out veterans by utilizing medical cannabis. Uh, we came up with the name of Hellman Valley Growers Company. Um, that way, you know, it kind of pays homage back to the Marines that served in the Hellman province and also kind of keeps a military brand to uh, our overall organization. I see. And uh... You manufacture products in the San Diego area? Yes, we just launched uh, in the San Diego area uh, uh, early February. And what we really want to do was our whole focus is on what we're seeing going on with the veterans and the uh, opioid and suicide epidemic that's currently plaguing all of us. And we really kind of took a look at the benefits of medical cannabis and really thought it could be a viable opportunity. And a lot of our uh, passion, what we're doing is we're actually setting up a uh, medical cannabis research design on the symptoms of post-traumatic stress by utilizing medical cannabis. And currently, right now, it's still in being designed out where we're waiting for our uh, recruitment and treatment protocols. Uh, but once we have that, we're going to submit it for an institutional review board, or an IRB, which allows us to print our findings in medical journals. This will be a three-phase operation. Our first phase will be the first study we hope to have going by early summer. And that'll be with 60 veterans. Once we have an idea of what genetics are working for the symptoms of post-traumatic stress, we'll go back and grow those, come back out, do a more robust study between two to 400 veterans here in California. And then once we have uh, it dialed in the way we want it to be, we'll move the research up into Michigan as more of a retrospective study. And so that way we can validate our findings. And then from there, we want to get another opportunity to go in front of Congress and show them our homework that we put together, that we have the data, it's backed by American doctors, and yes, 
medical cannabis is a viable option over the opioids and see if we can get it into the VA medical uh, system and make medical cannabis federally legal. Hey, Brian, this is Larry Miskin, and that's very interesting what you're saying. And here's my question for you. Explain to us, if you will, you know, your relationship with cannabis and how you guys have now gotten to the point where you recognize cannabis uh, as being an effective treatment for PTSD. What, what kind of made that link for you guys? How'd you get into it? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, obviously, Matt and I being Marines, um, you never really thought about cannabis at all. Um, and once we transitioned out, um, we had a pretty, um, pretty rough deployment in the summer of 2012 in Afghanistan where you know, I don't know if this is true or not, um, but I had one high-ranking official say to, uh, to me one time that it was probably the bloodiest summer that Special Operation Forces has had since the Vietnam War. Wow. So needless to say, we, you know, when we come back home, you know, you're kind of, things have slowed down and you're, you're, you're kind of dealing with what happened over there and tried to, you know, kind of put everything in perspective. And, you know, a lot of us, when we would get together, uh, there's a lot of drinking going on and just kind of trying to put the pieces back together. And one of our other uh, co-founders, uh, Andy Myers, um, who served with us as Marine Raiders, you know, just one week he was looking a lot better, uh, a little bit more refreshed. You know, he was kind of back to his old ways. And I just said to him, like, hey, what's going on with you? And he's like, here's, here's the truth. He's like, you know, I gave up a fifth of Jack for a joint. And I'm like, you're kidding me. And he goes, listen, it's great. Like, I'm not blacking out at night. I'm not drinking and driving. I remember everything that happened. I'm getting a great night of sleep. And it actually kind of helped him transition, in his words, from a warrior to a gardener. So we really said, hey, maybe there is something here. And it was still, you know, in the 2016, 2017 timeframe, I think people were still a little bit more like kind of in the closet uh, in terms of their cannabis use. But as we kind of talked to more veterans on the one-off, uh, they were more saying like, yeah, I've been utilizing it and really helped improve my life. So we wanted to do things the right way. Um, obviously, people are looking at a green rush, and that's great but we really wanted to make an impact with our veterans. So we took our time. Uh, we met with members of Congress and we said to them, you know, we think this could be a viable option. How can we get this moving and get some traction legislatively? And they told us, you know, for the most part, the days of people advocating for it has kind of gone as far as it can go. Uh, what they're really lacking is the research aspect. And they're like, listen, if you can get data and get some data from American doctors, that would really help, um, you know, move the dial in a direction that you guys probably want. So we just said, okay, Roger that. We had no idea how we're going to do it, but we'll find a way. And we uh, ended up meeting up with a gentleman named Alon Blatt from uh, Neomedic. Uh, they're a research firm based out of Israel. They came over to California uh, just around the 2017 timeframe, explained to them what we wanted to accomplish, and they loved the idea. Um, so we brought them in as our research firm. And then just kind of going through back and forth of how we can make this work and who we can get to join our IRB, Niamedic really kind of took charge of that and put all the pieces together and it formed a really great team for us. Uh, so we're very excited about that opportunity. And what we also wanted to do was kind of make a call to arms uh, of the uh, cannabis community. We feel that veterans would probably be the ones who could make the biggest impact here with Congress. I mean, after all, they're the ones who sent us off to war. We kind of look like, and now we're back, it's your turn to fix us. And so one of the nice things we do is 100% of our profits from our recreational brand goes back to that veteran medical cannabis research that we're conducting. So not only do you get a great product, everything tests over 90%, but also your dollars could go beyond that and really help make an impact, not just in a veteran's life, but we hope on the American medical landscape as well. Well, that's fascinating. 
Um, tell us more about your products. What is your supply chain like? Um, do you extract, and then what is the final product, and then where can people find them? Yeah, absolutely. And this is this is Matt here. Um, we start with the distillate. We do the the filling and uh, and capping. The packaging is all maintained here in, in a single manufacturing uh, workflow in in San Diego, where we're based out of. That's distributed again. You know, it's an in-house distribution. Uh, we're here locally within the San Diego area. You know, we're sort of broadening our region north a little bit. We've uh, managed to get into dispensaries in Vista, and we're looking at opportunities uh, in LA and then further north into uh, Northern California. You know, unfortunately, with where we are in the world today, um, that's been uh, stunted just a little bit. But the, the talks have not. You know, the the desire to get us up and, and get get our product in dispensaries is not. You know, definitely the outreach from um, from our fans and, and, and people, you know, in the, the social media world who, who want to get a uh, product in their hands is, is definitely increased. So we're eager to, to get out there and get on the shelves. Um, we do have three strains. We've got uh, an Indica, we've got a Sativa, and we have our hybrid. And, um, uh, we've, you know, named Afghanimal. Um, we've got Purple uh, Trainwreck and Sour Diesel. And I tell you, you know, 100% of the people that, that reach out back to us and, and give us feedback, have found that it's helped them in some way, form, or fashion. You know, I think the majority of the trends we hear um, that, you know, it really helped them get a good night's sleep. It was the best sleep they've ever gotten. We've been very fortunate and extremely privileged to, to uh, be hands-on with some, um, some veterans who, unfortunately, are, are suffering from some pretty uh, extreme, you know, wounds from, from their experiences in combat. And the, the feedback's just been great. I mean, it's just, it just really, you know, Moves, moves our heart. To, it, it's our mission. It's our drive just to get get in the hands and, and help people, anyone, anyone who may be suffering from, from PTS, you know? Uh-huh. And are your products uh, vape pen cartridges, gummies? What, what is the end product? Yeah, that's correct. We do uh, we do cartridges, vape pen cartridges. Gotcha. And then do you cultivate too on the front end or do you buy other people's product? We don't currently cultivate. Right now we start with the distillate and um, and that goes of course with the, the COA and you know the track through through the system. Um, so we understand, you know, where our THC levels are and, and we're putting it, you know, a high quality product out for, for our consumers. Once we once we finish this first round of uh, of our research with our IRB, um, we're gonna start over with an in house cultivation and that's truly where uh, we're gonna go hands on from from seed to shelf, if you will. Uh, with uh, with our cultivator Andy, uh, you know a team of genetic geneticists and and uh, and our research um, based model, so that we can grow the strains, you know exactly the way they're supposed to be grown, and we can track them all the way from uh, from their startup in you know in the ground all the way through the extraction process and, and into uh, you know into the hands of users and the people who need it most. Well, that's great. And uh, tell us your website so people can find the uh, retail shops where your products are sold. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, website would be www.hbgcompany.com. Well, this is really exciting stuff. And so here's what I wanted to say to you guys, because I think the more I hear about this, you know, the more impressed I am. First of all, I love the fact that you're bringing a guy in from Israel because, as you know, I discovered last year and really have known for a while, Israel is so far ahead of the rest of the world uh, in terms of this. And, And apropos to what you guys are doing, one of the primary reasons why Israel got behind cannabis research so strongly 50 years ago is because they realized that their soldiers were being exposed to hashish and other things through the Arab populations, and they wanted to find out what impact, if any, it would have on their troops. So it was research done specifically geared towards uh, uh, medical troops. And in fact, uh, CBD has become a mainstay uh, of their arsenal over there for, for, for treatment for troops and for PTSD and all of that. 
So what you guys are doing here is just carrying the ball to the next level and, and, and pushing that forward. And I think it's tremendous to see that. Uh, and it, it's also what you're saying is very, very consistent with things that I've heard, Jim, I don't know if you've seen these at the, uh, uh, at all the cannabis conferences, they always have a group there from a group called Athletes for Action, and it's a bunch of former, usually football players or hockey players, the ones who are really getting dinged up and banged around a lot. And every single one of them tells the same story that you guys are telling, and this is why I'm such a believer, because none of you know each other, and you all say the same thing, which is, I was a football player, we had aches and pains, they'd give us opioids, but we couldn't smoke marijuana, because then we couldn't play, we wouldn't get paid. And after we retired, we all, you know, we were dying on these opioids and then we shifted over to marijuana and it's the same thing i've been able to take myself off of the opioids i'm on marijuana i'm a better person i'm enjoying life again and it, it's just so tremendous to hear uh you know how different groups along the way make this discovery on their own and the fact that you know you guys came up with this through your buddy is uh is you know just tremendous it's an anecdotal thing that's going to change the lives of many many people for the better that's it's great what you're doing oh, i appreciate that thank you yeah spot on i mean you know we kind of fell uh i was very glad i just ran into a line at a cannabis conference and uh things really took off from there so we got very fortunate that's great that's very exciting stuff was there much drug use and drug abuse among the soldiers over in afghanistan no not at all um i mean everyone i mean like it, it's just very much engraved in us like hey do not touch marijuana or cannabis um you know we get urine tests and all that stuff so it's not even really a thought yeah you're getting a couple people i wouldn't say on the operator side that might test positive um but that's you know far and few between um so really to us like cannabis was really foreign until really like 2016 when we started taking a hard look at it very interesting well they shifted over a little bit larry do you have any more questions before we talk a little bit about music um no other than i guess just to, to ask you guys this are you constantly recruiting uh, uh, new veterans to come in and work with you and help you expand across the country? Do you have a goal to expand outside of California is what I should really ask. Yeah, you know, the first part, absolutely. Um, you know, what we like to do here is really kind of have veterans making medicine for veterans. And, you know, part through our nonprofit organization called Valor Brothers Foundation, we help out veterans transitioning out of the military. Uh, we help them out with their VA disability claims to ensure that they get the rating that they deserve. Um, if a veteran is struggling with opiates or alcohol or PTS or all of the above, we have uh, treatment facilities that we can send the vets to just to kind of get themselves right. Obviously, we're doing medical cannabis research. And the last part of that is we do job placement for a veteran so that they have that sense of purpose like they did back in the military and ultimately not make a decision they might not be able to come back from. And, and just to add to that, um, we absolutely want to help, uh, you know, every single way that we can. And we look for those opportunities. And it's been from day one when Brian and I and, and Andy all sat down and spoke about this, where we really want to get down all the way to the cultivator level um, and, and gain true relationships with uh, these people who are out there, whether it be a, a grower, an extractor, um, you know, the great labs that are out there, manufacturing, uh, you know, facilities and companies like the, the one we're at now, um, all the way to the dispensaries. And, and as we, you know, as we grow and as we're able to to uh, strengthen that bond and, and, and then expand the state to state to really use that as a bridge and as a network that when veterans are, are, are you know, coming, transitioning out of the military and they're not sure what they want to do, we have an opportunity to make that face-to-face -face connection. Um, you know, who knew that Andy Myers wanted to be, a, a, you know, someone who, who grew vegetables in his backyard and, and to be able to, to link into that and understand that growing. I mean, he is so passionate about that. It really gives, that's his why, that's his purpose. But 
um, to be able to, to plug those veterans in. And, and a lot of veterans want to get out and go back home. And, and it's a little bit scary, right? Because they're taking a step into the unknown and they may not have a job to go back into and to be able to provide that hope for them. Um, and, uh, and an opportunity to, uh, to be able to come out and confidently step into the next chapter of their lives and have a place where they can at least start and experience, you know, the same joy that we experience every single day when we, you know, we come to quote, unquote work, although it's not work for us, you know, we, we absolutely love what we do every single day. And it, it keeps us up at night and it gets us out of bed first thing in the morning as we race to work to, to start another day. That's, that's great. And what I really like about this is, and the marijuana and the cannabis industry needs this, I think uh, it's, it's a great thing for it, right? I mean, part of your pitch is, hey, you're not just getting a quality cannabis product, but you're actually helping to support our soldiers and our veterans and the people who went out and laid their lives on the line for all the rest of us. And if you don't mind me saying so and taking it to the next level, which is, you know, in a lot of communities, uh, the cannabis community still finds itself kind of locked in a battle. In Illinois, for instance, we have adult use, but each community has the opportunity to opt out if they want. And to our surprise, there was a number of, uh, of communities that were opting out. And typically what we find is the opt-out decision is based on a lot of bad information and kind of reefer madness carryover. But I, you know, I would say that in this country right now, regardless of your political affiliation, the one group of people that get universal respect from everyone is veterans. And the fact that we have veterans groups out there who are, you know, taking cannabis and running with it and really making it something not only benefits you and your, your, your veteran friends, but it benefits the cannabis community as a whole because we've got a group that has tremendous credibility really speaking out in favor of it. So I think it's great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for that. We, we have a term in the military um, we call ride the breach. And uh, it's simply, you know, simply we you know, put explosives on the door and it, it goes off and that's the breach and everybody rides it as fast as they can so they can ride the, the, the shockwave and, uh, and take advantage of wherever they're going. And, uh, you know, we, we carry that over to, to what we do now. And, and that's really what we want to do. We want we want to be the breach for the cannabis community and let them ride the breach with us. You know, we can do exactly what you just said, use what we've done and, and who we are and where we've been to, to help breach, um, you know, the industry. Uh, and, and, and with it, you know, take all these amazing people who we get to the experience and the pleasure to work with every single day. Absolutely. I think it's great, guys. You know, this show is the Deadhead Cannabis Show, so we talk about cannabis, but we also talk about music. And the question I have for you is, what type of music do Marines going into battle in Afghanistan listen to? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we weren't listening to too much uh, Grateful Dead. Um, and, you know, people might think, you know, were we listening to, like, uh, Metallica or maybe, like, Five Finger Death Punch or something really to kind of get you fired up. But even that, I don't think would really answer the bell for the the intensity we were about to face when we went to go conduct combat against the Taliban. So, uh, in my eyes, and in the eyes of all the guys on the team, there was one voice and one voice only that would get us ready to go, and that was uh, Lady Gaga. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Gaga was what we listened to right before we went out to battle. So we came with a little poker face, you know, all that good stuff. We were ready to go. It's gonna be a bad night for the Taliban when Lady Gaga came on. That's amazing. I'm sure she'll be glad to hear that. Have you ever got to meet or talk to Lady Gaga? I would love to thank her for her service because honestly, it's like we listened to her and it was like that cloak of invincibility would hit all of us. And we're like, all right, let's go do this. And then, you know, we returned back from uh, our missions. We would turn on a little Motley crew, Home Sweet Home, and get ready to do it all over again.
That's great. <clears throat> yeah, she's got a great voice, and I, I loved her in A Star is Born. You get introduced her to a lot of people who didn't know her very well, so this is great. Yeah, no, that was really a, a great movie. Well, thank you so very much. Larry, did you have anything in closing? No, just other than uh, I'm going to have to look you guys up the next time I'm in California because now I'm really intrigued to try your product. That sounds oh, fantastic. Please. We'd love to have you out here. Yes, please do. Thank you for your service. Thank you, guys. We really appreciate it. Thank well, you hey, guys. thank you for paying your taxes. It was our pleasure. Yeah, thank you so <laughs> Absolutely. Much. Well, that was a fascinating interview with Brian and Matt and, and the great work they're doing with veterans. Um, shifting it back to the other side of our show, you know, we're in the middle of the pandemic right now in the United States, and a lot of places are on lockdown. A lot of tours have been canceled. So we don't have a lot of music to talk about. But um, I did find out that Jazz Fest in New Orleans has not been canceled right flat out, but it's been moved to September. So the tickets I bought will be good in September, <clears throat> and I look forward to uh, being in New Orleans. Larry, what do you got? Well, I was, first of all, I was going to say, you know, Folks in New Orleans never cancel a party. They may have to reschedule it, but you know they're not going to cancel it. So that's wonderful. I hope you get down there and you see some great music. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I think what's worth talking about and what's fascinating how quickly it's all happening is that, you know, with all of this uh, stay-at-home stuff, we're finding performers and artists and everybody who are all making their works available online. I, I, I'm going to show my ignorance here because I don't know well enough to know the name of the of the uh, you know, jazzy DJ who did a big party from his apartment in New York over the weekend and had a hundred thousand people, including Michelle Obama logged on. Um, but everybody's getting involved with it. And so why not the groups that we like as well? And, um, Jim, you and I were talking uh, before the show fish has announced, uh, that starting on Tuesday nights into the foreseeable future, they're going to do something called dinner and a movie. And, uh, it, it's, it's fascinating. The movie each week will be, a fish show that'll be streamed live so you can watch it. And the dinner will be anything you want, except that each week they're going to have a recipe that they throw out there on Facebook. So if you want, you can cook right along with them. So as we uh, sit here on um, uh, March 24th today, uh, being a Tuesday night, uh, tonight they're going to be showing, uh, the show they're uh, going to be broadcasting is from August 31st, 2012. that was recorded at Dick's out in Denver. Jim, I'm going to guess you were at that show. Um, and uh, the the, the uh, meal that they've posted online is Trey and Sue Anastasio's Between Me and My Mouth Veggie Chili. And if you go to their, their link on Facebook, you can download the recipe and you can cook dinner with them and you can watch the concert with them. And sounds like a great way to spend a Tuesday night to me. Well, yes, I definitely was at that show. So uh, I'll look forward to the replay. Um, yeah, I've heard a few things that Fish is up to. I heard Trey's been posting a new song almost every day as he's quarantined in New York. Yes, and I did just read this afternoon that he has canceled his summer tour. Now, I don't know if that also includes Oysterhead, which was scheduled to be touring in the spring. I've got my Oysterhead tickets for April here in Chicago, the, uh, the third week in April, although I guess, given the way things are going, that could already be a dicey situation. Um but he, but he did announce that his summer tour uh, is being canceled or postponed at least. Um, so, you know, more abundance of caution there. But you're right, Jim. He is. He's putting out new songs for people to listen to every day. And, you know, I mean, I think that's great. Museums and, and, and art institutes are, you know, putting their, their gallery exhibits online, operas and everything. And 
you know, we can we can get all the arts we want just as long as you have a good internet connection. Very interesting. So, yeah, he always does Red Rocks with the uh, Trey Anastasio band. Um, so that's that'll be a shame if we don't get that this summer. But um, yeah, I sure enjoyed the Oysterhead show I saw in February. Uh, Les Claypool really dominated. Trey was actually, you know, basically uh, second uh, guitar to to Les Claypool's bass, and Claypool did most of the lyrics as well. So it was very good. Stuart Copeland did a great job on the drums. Um, another thing I heard about Trey to share a story, which may be true, just heard second or third hand, that he gets a lot of requests from friends, you know, for uh, loans and money. And and what he'll do instead of actually outright giving them money is he'll give them co-writing credits on new songs that he puts out. Oh, wow. Can you imagine being Robert Hunter's buddy back in the day and getting a few co-credits on some of his songs? I did hear a story about Robert Hunter, too. Uh, he was playing in Denver, uh, either at Sancho's Broken Arrow or Beyond Key. And the uh, bar owner went up to him at the end of the night with his uh, his payment for his service for his musical performance. And Robert Hunter said, no, no, you keep it. I'm doing pretty well on the royalties. I like that. That's the kind of story you hope you would, you would hear, right? With a happy ending. I like that. And we lost Kenny Rogers last week. I saw that the gambler, right? I, and you know, I have to tell you, it's what's amazing about a guy like Kenny Rogers is, you know, for the last 20 years, I've just had him totally stereotyped as the gambler and that whole thing. And yeah, the song was fun back in the day when we first heard it. And every now and then, when I started reading his obituary and read about all the different musical things he was involved in the band first edition back in the late sixties. And I mean, he, he covered all different kinds of music. He was in rock and he was in country and he was, I mean, really like an amazing person. And I, you know, now disappointed that I didn't take enough time previously to really learn more about him and uh, you know, and have a chance to, you know, to enjoy some of that. But yeah, I was very sorry to see that, that we lost Kenny Rogers. And, as part of his obituary, when I was clicking online, there's a 1982 duet that he does with Bolly, Dolly Parton, um, I think at the Country Music Awards, uh, where they, they cover a Bee Gees song, um, Islands in the Stream, I believe is the name of the song. And it's a great duet. I'd encourage our listeners to check that out as a final tribute to Kenny Rogers. Absolutely. The gambler folds them for the last time. Yep. So, well, I think that brings us to the end of our time slot. So, um, Larry, you want to sign us off? I will. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Jim. Uh, thanks to our uh, new good friends, Brian and Matt, for taking the time to come on the show today and tell us all the exciting things that they're doing. I hope you all enjoy Trey's uh, veggie chili tonight and enjoy the, uh, the fish show. Um, and uh, everybody stay healthy and we'll be in touch. Thank you, Jim. Okay, over and out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, 
and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.